got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrantz, Palpocyclib. Ibrantz 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2-negative NBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrantz and visit Ibrantz.com. Ibrantz may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrantz may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrantz, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed school children who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come dropping gems. Dropping gems. Welcome to the Dropping Gems podcast. I'm Debbie Brown. Thank you for being here. It is such a joy always for me to come and do this show and share with you. Oh, today. Okay. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. This might be the episode I'm most excited about in my whole history of doing this show. And it's for a couple of reasons. The amazing woman that I'm having on the show today is truly a spiritual pioneer. And she has been existing in this world for decades and decades, but specifically at the gorgeous intersection of spirituality and feminism. That is what her life's work is centered on. And it has been a profound expander for myself in my life. So I want to get right into this show. I highly recommend taking a second right now to get a notebook handy or just have access to the notes in your phone uh, in case you want to jot a couple things down and uh, get comfortable. Really savor, savor, savor this episode. (sighs) Today's show has a very special guest. Her name is Elizabeth Lesser. 
She's a best-selling author and the co-founder of the Omega Institute. She's the author of several best-selling books, including Cassandra Speaks, When Women Are the Storytellers, The Human Story Changes, my personal favorite, which I know you'll recognize the title of, Broken Open, How Difficult Times Can Help Us Grow, and Marrow, Love, Loss, and What Matters Most. She's the co-founder of Omega Institute, which is recognized internationally for its workshops and conferences in wellness, spirituality, creativity, and social change. And she's given two extremely popular TED Talks and is one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100, a collection of 100 leaders who are using their voices and talent to elevate humanity. <sighs> Here is Elizabeth Lesser. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's like a delight. Oh my gosh. Okay, I might cry right now. This episode to date is, I think, the episode I'm most nervous and really excited about on the deepest level possible. You changed my life (laughs) in so many ways, in so many ways. I am such, such a deep admirer of your work. All of your books with our hands on our hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, um, when I first read your book, Broken Open, about 10 years ago, it changed the trajectory of how I thought I was allowed to feel about my pursuit of self, what I thought I'd be able to investigate. It gave me courage to use pain as really a profound spiritual tool and to use grief as a tool and being able to shift my perception was the piece that allowed my life to evolve into what it is now. So I just want to start this show by saying I am so grateful for your existence. I'm so grateful for your work and I'm so, so grateful for just the courage you've had for so many years to introduce people to themselves. Oh, wow. That might be the nicest intro I've ever gotten. (laughs) You know, it's so funny, us human beings and us women and our imposter syndrome. Like when I got your introduction and I saw all the people you've had on your show and I thought, like, really? She wants to have me on the show? Everybody's so like hip and young and into it. And I'm just such a woman in her 60s, so out of it, you know. So I was just like, wow, this is an honor. So it's an honor for me too. So we can dispense with the like, you know, oh, you're so amazing or you're so amazing and just be here. As I say Mm -hmm. in my book, Broken Open, just bozos on the bus. Mm, We are. But you know, I, I would love to offer to you I think it is important that you hear that even, mm-hmm. and I know you're so not an ego. And so it's, you're just like, I'm a channel for the divine and and it's a gift to do this work, but that receptive flow, like, I, I just hope you receive. Thank you. It has Thank been you. recognized. Yeah. Both, both of those things are so important. Thank you. Yeah. So something I love so deeply about your work is You've really walked two main paths in your life, this beautiful road of spirituality, but also very deeply the feminist path. And the way that I've created to so many of the ways that you offer your work, it's it feels like you have spoken to and really recognized some of the, the deeper, more burrowing questions and conflicts as women we have about even attempting to go on a journey of self or being in our internal worlds. And so many of the things that you express, especially in Broken Open, but also your observations in The Seeker's Guide, it's just I had never heard anything expressed before, but especially said in such a way where there was so much depth of language, but also so much simplicity. So it's just like, let me start applying, let me soak it. Um, so I would love to start with emotional depth, like having access to language, building our way to understand ourselves. How did you begin to understand that as such a powerful pathway? And how can people even begin that journey? Mm. Wow. That's that. That is a beauty. All the answers to your question were in your question. That was so beautifully said. Uh, you know, as a writer, 
I spend so much time with words and words are such powerful vessels for the truth. They can never fully wrap around the truth. You know, the essential truths, that's why the poets, that's why hip hop artists, that's why the most stripped down words that really pack it are, that's why we love them so much. You know, that's why something like the Bible and the Beatitudes, what Jesus said and all the great words continue. They're like, it's the word. It's the beginning of the word. So for me, writing, I just feel very blessed that I love to write and that um, I have spent my life trying to find words. I remember when for quite a while I worked with Oprah and I, um, she got in touch with me because she wanted to take these very complicated spiritual books and find a way to to pack them into webinars that might allow people who, who hear the word spiritual or mystical and think, that's not me. I don't know anything about that. That's too much for me. You know, I'm just trying to live my life. Don't leave yeah. the spiritual on me. And so someone had told her about um, not only my books, but the work I've done at Omega Institute describing other people's work. So I worked as a producer with her for a long time. And then I had a little radio show on her Sirius XM station. And one day she heard me using the word conscious and consciousness. And afterwards she said, don't use that word because so many of the people, and now granted this was about 15 years ago, but so many of the people who listen to my stations and read my magazine and watch my TV show, to them the word conscious is the opposite of in a coma. Mm. You know, so you're going to lose them right away if you say conscious. Are you conscious? They think, yeah, of course I'm conscious. I'm breathing. So let's, what do you mean by conscious? What do you mean by awake? And, and, and I love to ask myself that all the time. Mm. What do I mean by the feminine principle? Like you just throw that around and you're not really asking yourself to live up to what it's all about. So I'm always asking myself, what does that even mean? How do I walk that talk? You know, mm. I think and, and what I'm hearing and what you're saying, too, it's it's the mastery that's found in the crevices, like the daily crevice work of why did I just feel that way or what came right. up in me? Right. What do you think is so different about being able to be in that more real time process versus I think the way many people experience those discomforts? It's then let me spend an hour on it in the shower, running back the conversation, running through. But it seems like it's more through an ego lens when that happens. So what is the importance of kind of that momentary processing? Mm. Yeah, a lot of times especially because I have worked at Omega Institute, a conference and retreat center outside of New York, which is uh, all about teaching people the skills of mindfulness and body awareness and healing and all the things you are such a masterful speaker about. Um, I, I have noticed over and over, people come and take workshops, you know, workshop junkies who are like, I'm, I'm coming to this yoga class. I'm going to really perfect the pose and I'm going to have the best yoga pants and the newest kind of meditation map. And like this, what's called spiritual materialism. Like if I, if I just buy the right things or learn the right Sanskrit words or do the right <laughs> things, then maybe I'll have this thing called self-care or, or mm. self-reflection or enlightenment when indeed as you say it's when the rubber meets the road of real life so meditation is a practice i mean i used to i have three sons and they were all basketball players and i used to watch them like practicing their drills all the time you're just out there bouncing that freaking ball over and over try not so they became great drill players but so that they could do the art of basketball. Well, meditation and yoga and prayer, whatever you do, it's just like that. You're not doing it to become a great meditator. 
or even to become a great yogi. You're doing it so you can play the game of life, real life. So you're in a room with your kid who's having a tantrum. You need her to put on her shoes to get her to camp or whatever it is she's doing, and she won't do it. And you feel that thing rising in you where you just want to like haul off and yell or yank or whatever. And that's when your practice comes in. Like meditation teaches you to the pause, it's called. Like take a pause and become that person within you who can very quickly, right now, observe the whole situation in a second. Oh, she's hungry. Oh, her feelings are hurt. Oh, she needs a hug. Or, oh, she really does need firmness. And, and your higher self immediately is downloaded into the moment. That's why we meditate, not so that people think we're so cool. It's like, I would like to be a, a nerd dork who meditates because I'm not doing it to be cool. I'm doing it to be a, a really fine human being every uh, day. Uh, <laughs> wow. So beautifully said. And it, it, I found that it's, it's the pause that actually changes your life. And that was a big shift for me because even when I started meditating, I was very much meditating the way of, okay, I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes. Then I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do this. You know, and, and you're really just caught up in, in like the method of it or in, or in the structure of it. But when coming into that surrender of it and, and just the beautiful disarray that it sometimes is, it's like you find that peace and that pause and that, that is the shift. Yeah, the world is not going to shift. See, yeah. that's the thing. And boy, are we learning that now. I mean, look at what this year has been. This year, if it's not going to catch you here, it's going to catch you here. If it's not, yeah, you know, racial reckoning, it's climate change, it's the pandemic, it's losing your job, it's it's everything. And so that's that's our work. Mm. That's our work. But our our source of of aliveness is inside us. Mm. And, and then we bring that out to do the work in the world. Yeah, we are, we are entrenched in opportunity after opportunity right now to really learn some self referral. <laughs> and it sucks. It's not like meditation makes it seem <laughs> fun. <laughs> but it gives you some ground. Yeah. You know, speaking of Omega Institute. Um, wow. First, it I'm really excited because I'll be on campus for the first time in October. I'm uh, going to be a speaker on the Reiki retreat with William Rand. Really? And with Brett. Why, yeah. why wasn't I aware of this? I, I can't keep it all straight in my head. <laughs> well, I hope you are in the area because I will be searching for you. <laughs> I'm I will be there. I will come say hi to you. That will be so incredible. You know, you co-founded this really phenomenal campus um, over 40 years ago. And it blows me away to even think that. Something I I found myself off and on in deep thought about over over the last um, year is people such as yourself, these really huge paradigm shifters. Like you saw 40 years ago, the work that was needed on this planet. And then not only did you apply it to yourself, but you created structure so that masses of people could awaken. It's just mind blowing to me to think about in this moment, especially when almost 40 years ago, having conversations like this out loud was so incredibly rare and really perceived as very strange. What are you noticing about the moment of awakening 40 years ago versus what we're standing in now? And are you seeing any differences in how we're on the spiritual path? Um, I'm seeing massive differences. And then, of course, no differences, because on some level, I mean, all you have to do is go back and read the most ancient texts that whether it's the Bhagavad Gita or the Quran or or the Bible or or the Taoists, you know, it's like it's fresh. The poetry of Rumi, 12th century Persian poet, oh. is the biggest selling poet in the world now. So 
that's enough to tell us nothing really changes when it comes to the mystery of being being alive. I, I often think about the cave men and women sitting around the cave, our oldest ancestors on the savannas in Africa, looking up at the sky and having very little language. But I know their first questions to each other were, what? <laughs> Where did we come from? What do we do now that we're here? Where do we go when we die? How do we have relationship? You know, what, what does it mean to have purpose? I mm. People have been asking and not answering this question <laughs> forever. So has anything changed? No, but have the way it's been integrated into culture and used to mitigate the challenges of the times. I have so much hope for these times. I think it's an amazing situation we're living in right now. I mean, to me, my hero at the moment is Simone Biles. Mm. Simone Biles took the warrior code and lived it her whole young life, Mm. become the best competitor in the world in her sport. She knows how to win. She knows how to prevail. She knows how to push. It's very much sort of the chi, the masculine energy. And then she showed us how to be an integrated human being because all this work people like you and me have been doing on vulnerability. I know that you step down from a lot of of intense responsibility because you listened to your body and your heart, Davey. And, and, mm-hmm. and you said, I'm going to honor what my mental health and physical health asks now. Well, she did this on the world's mm. largest stage. And I swear I cry about it every time I talk about it or think about it. Like she said, this is what a, uh, a warrior looks like too. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to hand over to my team. And it, oh, I don't have to be the special one. Mm. And, and what really excites me isn't only that she did it, but that most of the world, men, Women, athletes, observers said, you go, Simone. Thank you. Thank you. Now, of course, there's the grumpy dudes for whom this threatens everything about them. The code of never give up, always fight, you know, sort of the militaristic, the the mistaken idea that to be masculine is to be violent and to be Mm. uh, always fight or flight. Um, she's challenged that. And most of the world said, ah, yes. Mm. So to me, that's hopeful. That's a sign that that spiritual practice is bearing fruit. And we're looking at a new way to be a hero. I love that. And I think it's a sign of hope because the whole world needs to take a break. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, 
Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. What I feel is is really shifting in this moment, um, especially as it relates to like this this intense kind of awakening that's happening on the planet or deepening in people compared to years ago. It's it's really we had this huge foundational shift over the last six years from the Me Too movement to all the social injustice that not only came to the forefront in new ways, but people had to witness it no matter what, which means everybody is getting cracked open in these small ways. But it feels like, at least in the way I'm experiencing it, and I love your thoughts, for women now on the spiritual path, it seems that some new veils were removed that have been collectively understood that we're not going to operate in that framework, specifically like this role of martyrdom or this idea that women have to deplete their existence in order to be worthy. Um, and that has felt so powerful, I think, for me on this path and, and for many on this path. Um, so I would just, I would love your thoughts even on the spiritual journey for women. Um, and, and even dismantling some of that, some of those structures and some of those systems that we even put our souls into the confines of. Right. Dismantling our inner patriarchy, just mm. like for women. I mean, dismantling patriarchy is a whole other subject. Happy to talk about <laughs> the activist in me who would like to go out there and does go out there. But um, dismantling our the way the messages still stick to us mm. is the spiritual work for women. I mean, this is what, and I feel our 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 teachers now, in particular, are black women. Because I feel the co-dismantling you have to do with white supremacy is, has, has, I don't know. I just, I just think this, that these are the leaders now, black women. I mean, just, you don't even have to think that or want that. Just look around. These are, this is what's happening now. So I, how do we dismantle our inner Patriarchy, and by that I mean women, we have gotten our foot in the door of so many industries and areas, whether it's business or politics or just being the heads of our family. But I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm interested mm. in what do we do when we get in the door. When that door opens, do we want to just walk into it and become the patriarch? Mm. Or do we want to do power differently? And there is a way to do power differently. And, but that doesn't mean just because we're women who now have a lot of influence in the world that we're going to do it differently. We got to make sure that we do it differently. Mm. We have to devote ourselves to self-reflection, to, um, I, I quote at the beginning of my book, um, Cassandra Speaks, my new book about women and storytelling. I quote Toni Morrison, who says, as you enter positions of trust and power, dream a little before you think. And what she means by that, I think, is we have been told forever that our dreams are second rate. Our dreams are too emotional. They're about things like love and connection and relationship that's all like kind of touchy-feely leave that in the kindergarten room or valentine day cards you know like your dreams are too small they're they don't have backbone they're about caring and things like that well what tony morrison tells me in that quote is that trust our dreams our dreams are going to save the world 
Our dreams that have been called second rate forever now have to be first. The mm-hmm. dreams of caring, of creating a caring economy, creating emotional intelligence as the intelligence men and women both need. We tell boys, we tell girls, you can be anything a boy can be. Now we got to tell boys, you can be anything a girl mm-hmm. can be. Like, how about if we told, how about if that's all we did? Those of us with sons say, honey, you can be anything a girl can be. If you think a girl is all about um, being kinder or nicer or talking more or nurturing more, not that that's the only thing girls can do, but like, you can do that too. That is what a hero does. Wow. Wow. That made me think of my son. He's three. And part of the way that I, I'm looking to give him access to himself is by really being intentional, by not like kind of adding sexism to the language that I use with him. So like, I love calling him beautiful. I'm always like, you are so beautiful. You're gorgeous. You're, you know, you're so kind. What a great way, you know, I like to highlight those qualities that you just said. So that, that felt so beautiful to hear. You know, um, when I was researching for the book, of course, I was going back into all these old myths and stories and video games and the, the stories that our culture is built upon. So many of them only featuring men, written by men. And I came across a different kind of story, a science story, I call it, which is that in the 1930s and 40s, a Harvard professor, a doctor of psychology, brought people into his lab at Harvard, and he wanted to measure what happens to people under stress. Mm -hmm. So he simulated these stressful situations and then measured the hormones and blood chemicals. And he was the man who came up with the phrase, uh, fight or flight. Under stress, human beings either aggress or retreat. And then fast forward to the early 2000s, a woman at UCLA named Dr. Shelley Taylor noticed that the only people Dr. Taylor brought, I mean, Dr. Dr. Harvard man brought into the lab were men. Because that's the only people that medical studies were done on. Really, until recently, you know, even heart disease was, they realized recently, only men had been studied. So we didn't even know what the symptoms were in women or what medication doses we should use. So uh, we came up with fight or flight from studies only done on men. So Dr. Taylor brought women into the lab and replicated the studies. And yes, sometimes, but not that frequently under stress, women's hormones show elevated fight or flight, but also something she ended up calling tend and befriend. Women have an instinct as measured in hormones when the going gets rough to tend to the, to the most vulnerable in the community. How are the kids? Hey, mom and dad, come here. And um, how can I care from you? L- looking up, how do you take care of someone under COVID? And, and, and bringing the family together. And that's the tend. And then befriend. Under stress, women have an instinct to want to create uh, circles of friendship. You know, you have a hard day. What do you do? You don't come home, usually grab a beer and just watch TV. You call your friends. This happened. That happened. What would you do? This is what I did. And you create communities of caring. Anyway, this is not all women, all men, but hormonally, women do have a tend and befriend instinct that is elevated under stress. And what I take from that is, okay, we created this story, starting with the Odyssey and other Greek myths and Chinese myths that there's only one way to deal with the problems of life. Conquer, fight, or run away and let the other victor have it, you know, fight or flight. But there is a whole other way that we have subjugated and devalued, and it's called tend and befriend, and which is what now I feel is the instinct that's got to prevail. Wow. 
<laughs> Mic drop. Wow. Wow. <sighs> you know, that is so incredible. And it this further for me, something I've been thought about a lot, and I and I want to highlight for everyone a couple, a couple pieces of work that really touched me years recently, a few articles. You have an article right now um, that everyone write this down if you have a notebook handy and please look it up to spend time with. In the Sunday paper, it's called Facing the Grief of Gathering in Our Hearts. And another article that I just read of you was Women Power in the Shadow. And really connecting to much of what you were saying around this this more inherent way of being that we were created with or that we incarnated with, but using that softness, that reason, that nurturance as the guiding force for what we're doing. And what you're explaining to me feels like what is so different about this shift in this moment in time. Like we went from this kind of hero's journey structure, which was so rooted in that power and that warrior to more of like the gentle warrior, the silent power, the the way I experience it is like the invocation, like we are able to use our radiance and our nurturance as a healing balm for ourselves and the world in this moment. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that sometimes the backbone of the, of the ancient warrior isn't something we need and want to cultivate. Yeah. We don't want to just replace one archy with another you know we don't want matriarchy now it's going to be matriarchy and the dudes are all bad and the girls are all good like we don't want that that dualism we we want to be full human beings uh, in in the in the end part of my new book i teach practice and i describe it in the book i don't have to describe it now but um it's called the do no harm but take no shit meditation and i use this this ancient Hindu mudra hand gesture where one hand is making the stop sign. And you, a lot of you who have garden statues of Buddhas will recognize it. One hand is making the stop sign. The other hand is like a cup holding the rain. And you hold those two gestures and you can feel it in your body. The stop sign is like, take no shit. Like I know my boundaries. Okay. I know who I am. Also, I value who I am. Also, I'm going to be who I am. <laughs> and then the other one, but do no harm. You can do all that take no shit business and do it with love. And you can, you can understand the other person in front of you who may be feeling the same thing, like no, no boundaries. And you two together can soften those boundaries while respecting each other. So I like to to sit with these hand gestures and say to myself, maybe before a meeting or something, I can do no harm and I can take no shit. I can do both of these. I can be both of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that inner union of both aspects of ourselves and knowing that we can fully stand in both. God, that is so freeing. I think about women in history so often, Elizabeth, and your latest book, Cassandra Speaks, When Women Are the Storytellers, The Human Story Changes, is such an exciting read. Um, I think a lot about it in context, especially with Mother Mary and with Mary Magdalene and with Christ and with that beautiful teachings that they all did, but then only one got credit. (laughs) Right, right. Um, you know, and, and it's so interesting. And even in, in the way that Mary Magdalene was placed into this, this false system of, you know, being called a sex worker in ancient times, but that wasn't necessarily her truth. But the way that that was just sprinkled into human history and then became the prevailing story, like, it fascinates me. And you sharing specifically around how we came up with fight or flight and are applying all of these things and all of these kind of silencing of the way that women operate, it's so interesting because it has, it has hit every facet of our being and existence. Like even in the sexual world, the clitoris was just mapped in the last couple of years for the first time ever. Why do I know what male genitalia is like inside yeah. and out? How is that? <laughs> no, really. And the fact that Mary... We can only love Mary because she was a virgin, which makes no sense. Hello. But that was the only way they could fit 
a woman into the Godhead because she was a virgin. I mean, really, break that down. That and makes just so sense. He was married. Like, why? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, how? How has that even? How did that even? This idea of of this male view of purity. It is just so fascinating. All of these layers. And who was this team of men, Elizabeth, that one day, thousands of years ago, changed everything about the history of women? They are the same men who today want to go back to the way it was. And there's lots of them, like so much is changing, but it requires a certain vigilance to keep things changing because it'll go back that way if we don't stay awake and be the the do no harm but take no shit kind of uh, activist type people i mean look at look at i mean all all honor to elon musk and jeff bezos and richard branson i'm sure they're nice people or well, maybe they're not but why do they want to take a gazillion billion dollars and continue this myth of the explorer, the warrior, the exploiter. It's like, oh, whoop, we already dug all the stuff out of the earth and polluted it. We better go somewhere else and do it. Like, no, no. Can we change the story here? Can we make heroism? The hero myth is now about caring for the forests and trees and animals and babies and men and women. We're going to care. We're going to make it really cool to care. Mm. Do not have to go and to another planet and extract everything from there to continue the hero myth. I'm so done with it. I'm so over it. It has a very bad ending, dudes. <laughs> right. It doesn't end well. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This has been so amazing for me. So I'm just going to say that again. And I'm going to say it when I see you on campus at Omega. And I really just, what are you excited about right now? I, I'd love to end with that. What are you excited about as it relates to the energy that's available on earth in this moment, the teachings that are that are coming out, you know, you speaking especially to black women as being leaders in this space is so powerful for me because I think when I think of some of the ways that I've cultivated my teaching or my deep desire to serve, it's really rooted in the fact that, you know, so many of us have been able to become ourselves with so much less. Um, but that also that, that kind of minimalism even deepen the intimacy of the process for me um, and for many women that I know that are of color in this space. So that for me is exciting. Um, so exciting is doing this work, but you've been such a, just a profound trailblazer in so many ways through the storytelling of women, through the sharing of spirituality, through the founding of this epic campus 40 years ago. I mean, my God, you are just everything. <laughs> so what are you excited about right now? Well, I don't, I don't say this as a way of false humility. I, I really mean what I'm about to say. I'm 68. Now I feel excellent and healthy and maybe healthier than I ever have. But I, I, you know, when you're, when you're a serious, quote unquote, spiritual practitioner, the work is really feeling deeply into what is so for me right now. Mm. Not what the culture tells me, not what my fear tells me. What is here for me right now? And aging is a really fascinating part of the human journey. Mm. And if I am honest with myself and with you right now, because you asked that question so sincerely, it is my time to step back and to step aside. Mm. Not like you take over this crap now. I'm tired of it. Not like that. It's like I did my thing. I love what I did. I stand with pride by what you said I did. Like, but I'm also kind of not only a little tired, mm. but also like when I was writing Cassandra Speaks, I was very aware. Wow. There's so much going on in the world of sexuality and gender now. I don't kind of get a lot of it. 
gender fluidity, trans work, like a lot of it is, it's not that I'm against it. It's like, I wasn't born with the chip to understand that. I was born to do something else. I don't want to try to smash my self into the new energy. I really want to feed you and the next women and men coming up. I want to be here with what I literally can give and not try to pretend that I can give something else. So what I'm excited about is you. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about the next coming up group of spiritually awakened and politically woke human beings, especially women, just because I'm a woman and I get what women are all about. I mean, I've been married to two different men, not at the same time, of course. <laughs> and um, I have sons, I have grandsons. So I love men and I'm so impressed with what a lot of men are doing now. I really am. But I'm excited about younger women opening the door and walking into the old world with new dreams. Hmm. I love that. That is what it feels like too. It really, it just, there, oh, there's just so much beautiful merging in this moment. And I'm so grateful to hear you say that. And I, I, I receive that also as, as just a call to continue to deepen in my work and stand in my power and presence. I know I stand on the shoulders of amazing people. And so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be a shoulder. <laughs> mm. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your courage. I'm really, really, really grateful to be connected with you and to have read your books and to be reading your new book. Thank Let's you. keep the connection. Let's keep it going. I'm, I would love that. And I will, I will see you in October. Yes. Yes. I cannot wait. Uh, Elizabeth Lesser, we are so grateful for you coming on this show. Everyone, her latest book, Cassandra Speaks, When Women Are the Storytellers, The Human Story Changes, is in stores right now. And as I have shared on this show so many times, I make this next book I'm mentioning required reading in a lot of the workshops that I teach, um, Broken Open. That to me is a mainstay for the spiritual journey and should be in everyone's sacred space and on everyone's shelf. So please connect to Elizabeth Lesser's work. Omega, go to the website. They have Omega Institute has incredible, incredible courses on everything your heart could possibly desire to connect you to spirit. So I hope everyone gets a chance to check that out. And so much gratitude and love to you. Thank you. You too. Thank you for having me. Wow, what a powerful episode. Huge gratitude to Elizabeth Lesser. I, uh, yeah, I'm a lover, guys. And so <laughs> when I get a chance to be in conversation with people whose work has deeply touched me, I am like a river of love just gushing. Um, so it, it felt really incredible to share this episode with such a powerful voice who has been in this space for so, so many decades lighting the way fearlessly. If you get a chance, share this episode with a friend. I know there were a lot of notes, uh, potentially a lot of aha moments um, that may have come in. So really don't underestimate your power to be a force of light in the life of someone else. Our healing journey is not to be hoarded. It's for ourselves and others. So if there's anyone you think this episode could resonate with, maybe even a parent figure who is accessing new pieces of themselves in this new time, uh, or if it's a friend or a coworker, take a second, share it as a text, share it as an email. Um, and if you have the time, go ahead and head to our podcast page, which is just an Apple or however you listen to your shows and give us a review, five stars. Yes. And um, if you have the time, I'm always so incredibly grateful and really moved to read all of the reviews that you take a moment to write. So 
Thank you for those that have taken the time to do that. If you get a chance to do it today, huge thank you. And we will be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget, you can always connect with me in meditation on the Chopra app. I leave daily meditation on that beautiful app there. So join me for meditations ranging from five to 20 minutes. And uh, hit me up on the gram at Debbie Brown. Big love. love. Namaste. 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 Hey, find me on social. Let's connect. At Debbie Brown, that's Twitter and Instagram, or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Tribble and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Prevnar 20 shot, it's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But But nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.